What is up, gamers? Welcome back to another episode of the AOK Podcast. Uh, Libtard Ryan Johnson, uh, the uh, the tw- uh, Reddit user who ruined uh, who ruined Star Wars, is back again with another uh, propaganda film. I'm your host, uh, uh, Joseph Salamone, joined by my co-host. Oh. A uh, political activist, uh, Adam Sidorius, uh, here to be based once again, uh, lay down the law of the land, uh, tell you the truth. I'm really spewing the truth here. Um, I'm not going to sell you any rhino boner pills uh, for this one. Um, no, we're having fun because we are Ryan Johnson uh, heads on the pod. Uh, this has been very heavily documented. Uh, whether it's on our Star Wars pod, we did a gl- uh, we did a Knives Out pod way back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. One of our first episodes, yeah. Yeah, way way back when, back in 2019. Uh, and you know, we we've talked about Ryan plenty on the pod. One one would say he's a friend of the pod, mm-hmm. so it's always an honor uh, to uh, to talk about a new Ryan Johnson joint. But it's uh it's you know for a movie that's an ensemble that's such a big character piece, it's only fitting that. We have a uh, we have a good friend coming in, um, and if our guest wants to give a little introduction, hi, hello. Uh, how much should I introduce myself here? Well, how deep are we going? <laughs> well, uh, give your social, give your uh, debit mm-hmm. information. Uh, your okay, information, all right. Credit all right, score, my address, address, um, and and the also, little numbers on the back of my debit card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would also say, uh, for good measure, feed picks for the audience. Feed picks? Oh, boy. I mean, to put that in the RSS feed, I mean, we're going to have to do some pretty intense coding. <laughs> I um, but, hi, my name is Tyler uh, McClellan. I am, uh, boy, what am I? That's a good question. I'm a guest on the AOK podcast, <laughs> and that's all I care about right now. Uh, I'm overjoyed to be here, um, you know, ever since... Ever since Joe came to sit a spell at my place in uh, in New York City, uh, moving our, our our dear friend and uh, previous guest of the pod, uh, Enrico Drago. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you deep cut lore fans, uh, <laughs> I've been a big fan of this podcast. I'm very excited to uh, to be here. Yeah, I mean, and it's fun because. Uh, you kind of reclaimed our faith in the fact that uh, anyone listens to the pod. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, just my, it's my go-to uh, work. Like when I'm, I'm heading to work, oftentimes in the morning, uh, and I need to open up, I get like 30 minutes in the morning with my headphones before I need to like greet people when they start coming in the shop. So uh, th- that's my A-OK time. Um, that's, that's when I... I get That's to listen to you guys fucking say the worst possible takes on um, <laughs> <laughs> on uh, what, what was it? Halloween ends. That was one I disagreed with. I don't know that. No, I, I actually agree with you guys on that one. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's easy to mistake all of our bad takes because we have so many. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm we got a podcast with terrible takes right now. Like I'm, I'm right. <laughs> well, I do. Um, you know, I'm just glad we got to sail you out to our greek island uh yes. for some for, for some normalcy i would say i mean i was amazed honestly by the the you know you guys really spared no expense getting me here mm-hmm. we had our <laughs> assistant jamie sail us in uh gave yeah. you another vaccine uh yeah. had to uh the funniest joke in any movie ever when ethan hawk says you're good <laughs> you're good 
that's that's like I mean you know not to jump ahead of it but just kind of case in point what this movie does better than any any movie could do is give me the funniest versions of jokes that I thought I didn't want uh, at all like for another ten years or so. Like this, this movie yeah. sort of like gave me the medicine in the way that it's like, no, 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 you need a little topical humor that's like actually well observed. Yeah, I think um, Don't Look Up is the movie that like really broke <laughs> me when thinking like I never want anyone to talk about anything ever again. Mm-hmm. And then I... any <laughs> ever again. No, literally, like I'm like <laughs> maybe because I think that's maybe attributed to like why I liked Black Adam and shit so much where I'm like brain brain off movie movie bad <laughs> be good you know like black adam's also a great movie go on it's also a it's also a fantastic movie and i stand by that 100%. It's, it's based actually yeah it's i one would say it is based um if i but, could see joe right now i'd be staring daggers into his soul <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> um but we uh no we're here to talk about glass onion a ryan johnson whodunit um so before we start talking about this movie, let's lay some groundwork here. Uh, Tyler, I want to hear your thoughts on the original Knives Out. Um, and what was your anticipation level for this one? Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to pontificate too deeply on this one or give too much of a uh, too much of an answer, I guess, would be the the, the best way I could say it. But just um, Knives Out holds a very special place in my heart, weirdly. Uh because uh, pretty much like a few months before Knives Out like came out, I began pre-production on uh, a film that is a murder mystery made on sort of like the pretenses of like, we were all like, no one's made a murder mystery in a while. We should make one like a, like a just straight up whodunit. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we found out about Knives Out coming out pretty soon and we're sort of like fuck and so it was at my college where there's a big there's like a film festival every year every fall and knives out was coming to the film festival where tyler and i met yes it was actually the exact year me and me me and joe met that's very strange Mm -hmm. uh anyway though uh we we all went to knives out under the pretenses of like okay is our film going to be made completely like this film we've been working on for the past like six months together like is it going to be completely moot now walking in and seeing this movie and luckily it wasn't like dives out to me exists in like such a different zone of a movie from anything we had been working on that like it was just the most like beautifully vindicating experience where it's like ah yes no this is like the beauty of like when real like people get to make movies on this scale is that you don't just get uh exactly what you would expect from it you get uh their own personal rendition of it and like a ryan johnson whodunit is so different from a whodunit in general uh that it was like it was just such a joy to see that unleashed upon the world and then when i was like oh yeah i guess we're just gonna get more of them Mm -hmm. uh I was like, sure, you know, fucking get my bib ready, you know, like get my, <laughs> my like lobster bib. I got like two big things of the silverware and I was just like, Daddy Ryan, fucking feed me like uh, I'll take it all day. Yeah, I would say this is one of the only real um, aspiring franchises that I'm just like, give me like literally a hundred of these. Oh, um, man, give me a million of them. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. only the Ryan Johnson, to be clear. I want to be clear from that from the beginning. Like, 
I have no interest in Netflix franchising this out to smaller filmmakers. They're not not yeah. smaller filmmakers. I have no interest in him franchising it out to anyone just because it's so clearly him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say unless there's like a big like Ryan Johnson is like firmly like this like I I want this story told from this filmmaker. Like I I agree. Like I never want to see a non like Ryan Johnson a cabinet uh, of curiosities, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't really have much interest in that unless it's like, unless he like really sells it. Um, but no, this movie really does affirm because I remember like as soon as Knives Out was kind of in like the uh, the sphere of like discussion for a bit, a lot of like um, you know talk came out of like, well, is this like franchise worthy? Because it was making decent money, and I think even me and Joey talked about it on the pod, and we were like. Yeah, like, it would be awesome, but I doubt it will be, because, you know, it's not a Marvel movie. And here we are, what is it, three years later, uh, after the, the first movie, and it's a Netflix original. Um, although I will say it's one of the better-looking Netflix movies as of late. Well, we're going to we're gonna have to have a whole corner about <laughs> that, this movie and Netflix. Like, that's yeah. that's a big part of this movie, I think. Well, Sadly. yeah. It, well, okay, so this movie just wrapped up its uh, theatrical run, uh, which is insane to me because it made, I think, $15 million this past weekend. Um, it made as much as Strange World on half as many screens. And that's <sighs> fucking insane to me. And uh, not to get too, like, business savvy into it, but, like, you don't have to be into business. Like, just, like, the idea that, like, Netflix did not extend that theatrical run and they, like, are leaving another, like, hun- like millions of dollars on the table <laughs> is, like, one of the most... Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. Like, At least I, hundreds of millions. It's insane. It's, it's, it's really one of the most baffling, like... Maybe since, like, Warner Brothers scrapping Batwoman, it's, like, one of the most, like, baffling business decisions I've... Because uh, every Showtime that I looked at this past week was like, like close to sold out. Um, I saw it uh, for my girlfriend's birthday. We went to go see it. Uh, Cause she, we already went together to the screening and we both loved it so much that she said she wanted to see it again on her birthday. And uh, we went to like a nine 30 showing and usually like a nine 30 on a Tuesday, there's like no one there um, or a Monday rather. And it was like, I mean, it wasn't like full, but there was like 10, 15 people. And there's like, never is at that theater. Like, even on a weekend, but, like, on a Monday, like, 9.30 showing, people were coming in, you know? And uh, when we went to go see something else this past weekend, I forgot what we were seeing, um, we walked past the Glass Onion Theater, like, right when it was breaking. Like, a horde of people walked out. Like, so many fucking people. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, imagine this was, like, a traditional, like, Lionsgate movie. I wonder what it would have opened to. Like, maybe, like, 40, 50 million, maybe. Like, I really think this movie would have soared if it had, like, better, like, I don't know, like, an actual distributor. It's it's amazing how mm. incompetent Netflix is uh, with I'm, that stuff. I mean, I don't even think it needed an act to distribute. Like, I think it's, like, it, people are underestimating how much Knives Out was just a word-of-mouth hit. Like, and people are yeah. also... Seeming to forget that word of mouth hits are like, you know, what make the film industry sort of unlike any other industry. <laughs> you know, it's like you can say like, oh, you have to go see this painting. But like, 
you know, typically with like other forms of art, it's the own, it's like your own personal discovery of the thing that gives yeah. it its merit. Whereas like film is like one of those few, film and theater are really like one of those few, like you have to go experience that in a room full of people also experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And like, I just can't think of a movie that like, not like we're getting so far ahead of ourselves with like discussing the actual movie, but like Glass Onion as a film is like, the most perfect distillation of like why you should see a movie in a room full of people like it's like literally like a thesis on the big screen audience experience like it and to that i just you know i credit that to ryan johnson just seemingly being incapable of writing something that's like even remotely phoning it in like he is just he is our requisite try hard and i mean that with as much love (laughs) in the world like he's just a guy who like he he fucking gets his kicks showing you how much work he's done to make this thing work and the joy of it is when it does work like yeah and it goes off without a hitch and you're like son of a bitch he did it like i can't believe he pulled it off it's exactly what this movie is this movie is a total fucking home run in my opinion yeah it um so I, I will say to your point about it being like kind of made to watch with like people. And that's, you know, the ironic, I mean, not to say you can't have people over to like watch on Netflix, but like, it's different. It's, it's a whole different ball game. Um, I, there's something really nice about seeing it at the screening. Um, I think it was like two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. And like I, me and Joey and all of our friends were there. Um, like, it was just like nice. Just like literally like our group, like took up the whole row in that little theater and it was just nice to see this movie with like all of like my mm-hmm. good buddies and all of us just like consistently like at the same beats like laughing and like yeah. being surprised together like it was really euphoric i would say well, also like I mean, this is like like because adam and i were there were like a couple people in between him and i and it was like we i could hear him laughing at certain points and that was so it's like a it is like a very big Seeing a comedy in theaters too, a, a comedy that uh, I I like I love the first Knives Out. I'm a huge Ryan Johnson fan, um, and uh, so I was super excited to see this one. I was a bit skeptical just because like uh, it's a sequel, uh, and I you know I'm just like oh, I don't know. But uh, it, he wanted to make it, so I was really optimistic about it. And uh, this movie, the main thing that uh, it took me off guard how funny the film is. It's like an aggressively. It's been a long time since I've seen a comedy like play this well in a theater. And just to laugh with a whole group of people is such a nice thing. Yeah, it's um, I I fucking love this movie. I mean, I I love the first times out, and I think, I well, I will still maybe put the first one like a hair above this one. Um, it's really not like a big margin, and it's really more of like. I could see it like turning around to the more I sit with this movie. Cause I've really only been with this for like two weeks. Um, so it's kind of hard to like rank it above a movie I've loved for three years, but it is like all like in every sense of the word, a very worthy successor. And before we go any further, I do want to clarify for everyone listening um, that we are going to talk full spoilers on this pod. Um, so we're openly talking about the plot. We are like, nothing is being held back. Um, this one is for the people that have seen the movie uh, in the theatrical run. And if you are one of the people that are waiting for Netflix, um, I would say, sorry, pause the pod, come back uh, in December. I think it's what Christmas comes out or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, come back when it's released. I promise it's worth it. Cause I would say there's no way to really fully 
like actually talk about this movie without talking about um like the details and the, the nuances of it i mean um, yeah it's the, it's the classic ryan johnson where it's like the movie that you've been watching is actually this this whole time. so have either of you seen it a second time yet not yet oh. no God, big dog in us over here. Have you seen this <laughs> yet? My God, I uh, fucking, I wish. No, I, so I completely get it. Seven days. <laughs> no, I, I very much, you know, we lucked out with the screening, and then I, you know, the AMC A list of it all got me in that second viewing. So it, it was I, my, uh, it was my family's like Thanksgiving movie. So we went, we went on nice. the, day, we went on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and went and saw that. And it was a fucking four quadrant hit. It was a big old smash, like home run for everyone. We all had a blast. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm very curious to see like my mom watch it because she um, it's funny. I was trying to like because she was asking uh, I was on the phone with her before the screening. And she's like, oh, what are you up to today? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go see uh, the new Knives Out movie. And she's like, what's that? I'm like, mom, we saw the first one in theaters. What do you mean? What's Knives Out? And I did like I like describe it to her. I'm like, you know, Daniel Craig, uh, detective, murder mystery, and she's like, doesn't ring a bell. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like I had to like I like gave her an entire plot summary, and she did not remember the movie I was talking about. And then like later like that week, I like showed her a picture. She's like, oh yeah, that one. Um, I so do think it is a little it. weird that it's called a Knives Out mystery, because like isn't um, the first I, one called Knives Out? Is it, I, I was under the like. I get why they have to do it, but I do think it's almost more confusing to not just be like a Benoit Blanc mystery, a Ryan Johnson mystery. I really think it's just from just it's just pure marketing it and also, i get it. it's funny i get why yeah. they're doing it i yeah. think it's just i i don't think in the long term it's going to make a ton of sense well it's funny because um the mm-hmm. actual title card of the movie it just is glass onion it doesn't have the the subtitle on the title card i think um, ryan johnson's been pretty clear on the record that's what he wanted to just name like he didn't want to do a subtitle yeah. And, you know, like now that Netflix is releasing movies and like making movies, it's like they can just take it off. Yeah. They can just yep. remove the subtitle at any point and say that that's the new title. It's nothing means anything anymore. So, like, <laughs> does it does it matter? Yeah, I am. Um, it's it, this is the worst comparison in the world. But sometimes with the Fast and Furious movies, the that great the, comparison. I'm with you. Those movies, the names horrible. of the movies are different than the title cards. <laughs> um, yeah, because <laughs> for Furious Seven, the title card for that movie is Fast and Furious Seven. That's never but the movie is been what that movie's called. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's like I remember like in the theater for it, I out loud went what. Um, <laughs> um, but then again, well, Furious like Seven how, is just a hard title. It's a really good title. My um, favorite thing about the Fast and Furious naming convention is that when they they had to just fuck it, they were like number four. Fast and Furious, ampersand. Yeah. We throw like it just we're gonna change up the symbols in there, but we're like we can't we can't possibly risk coming up with a new structure. Um. Yeah. If you uh for any AOK heads, you may remember the Fast and Furious podcast we did with our good buddy Shaq back in the day, and uh, that Shaquille was fun. To, uh, one. Hey, I would say our buddy Shaq is even bigger legend and an even bigger <laughs> fasthead. Um, but uh, my favorite. Before we go back to Glassing, I will say I love that now they're going to Roman numerals with Fast X, even though they have never used Roman numerals before. Um, that's just very funny to me. 
Um, it's important. Yeah, it's like how the John Wick franchise keeps shaking it up too. Yeah, it's really. I love it. I think it's. I think it's lovely. Um, but so Glass Onion, to I guess to start the deep dive a little bit. Um, this movie is fully a COVID movie, uh, which is not. I did not know that going into this movie. Um, it, it very firmly like the minute it opens, it tells you it's like in the heat. I think it's like May 2020. I think is when it takes place. Mm-hmm. This is so like roughly like two months into the pandemic. Um, one of the like the, the quote unquote pandemic. <laughs> yeah, oh <man>. boy, <laughs> is that is that what we're doing now? You wanna you wanna issue a statement, Joey? <laughs> no. We'll just move on. Yeah. Do, no, do you want to walk that one back before you get a shadow ban? I'm going to stand by it, but I'm not going to elaborate, you know? <laughs> I'll let you guys think whatever. You guys can infer what I mean, you know? Dude, Joe's just a free thinker. And yeah. if, this movie, if this movie has a good opinion of anyone, it's free thinkers and ideologues. <laughs> um, I So, yeah, this movie is firmly a COVID movie, and... I mean, like, one of the establishing shots of the movie is, like, um, Catherine Hahn, like, getting a delivery, and she's, like, not wearing her mask, and she has to, like, cover her face with her sweater, and I think that, like, perfectly sets the tone for, like, just the level of, like, I don't know, like, rich people not really being affected by things that this mm-hmm. movie is, like, fully going for, Um the opening, like, like all, all the establishing moments of the movie, like, where every character is, like, getting the box and they're on that phone call, is just goes to show how amazing of a writer Ryan Johnson is and how mm-hmm. he very efficiently, um, very much in the same way that in the first movie he uses the interrogations as, like, a way to, like, format introducing characters. Um, this one does a really good job of, like, using a phone call and uh getting a package mm-hmm. in that way i think um, it's a it's a testament to his directing too like the way he yeah. stages that whole sequence visually is just like it, it's yeah. it's tremendous like from that opening scene you you just know you're in the best of hands yeah and there's so much like good like visual gags like on top of like the actual like funny lines and that scene there's like so many like genuinely funny bits like whether it's like the yo-yo ma like the random ass cameo mm-hmm. or like um, a lot of like, random cameos in it throughout the whole movie weirdly just like jessica henwick putting out the fire in the background behind kate hudson like it's mm-hmm. very funny um <laughs> oh, i'm sorry but, i'm sorry i'm seeing here you mentioned someone in the cast named jessica henwick uh, uh playing the character named peg i'm seeing here that it's it's you know the person listed in that role is actually, uh, it says here, the most charming movie star of all time. I do love her. I love the her The most a lot. charming and winning ray of sunshine ever to grace the silver screen, Jessica Henwick. She is, I love I, her. She's like a fucking, she is, she is like literally like a, a, a movie star already, like instantly. What a performance. She is so fucking charming in this movie. It's ridiculous. She's really great. I, I I love her a lot. Um, she made I'm me laugh every fan. scene. Every scene I was laughing at, like even just her like almost knocking something over. It was like watching her like sit down on a couch. I was like, that's funny. She's doing that in a funny way. Yeah, I hated her honestly. Worst part of the like really knock honestly like one out of ten because of <laughs> I'll, just her. I'll fucking come after you, man. Have <laughs> you even seen The Matrix Four? She's incredible in that movie. No, I uh I loved um I laughed the hardest it was because I thought the opening is very funny and then when Dave Batista and um 
is it Madeline Klein is the actress's name? Yeah. Uh, whiskey. Madeline, yeah, Whiskey. When, when Whiskey's introduced and she goes, I love my boobs. Sorry, feminists. I was like, <laughs> this is going to be the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a very funny scene. He's able to, it's just I kind of like, oh, you, you were alluding to this at the beginning, but it's like he, he's able to make jokes about topics that you don't, like the, even the, the, mask introduction, the mask introductory joke. It's like, I didn't know that I was convinced that mask jokes were not funny in any capacity. Like, I was convinced that, that that was something I actively did not want to see jokes made about. And they, they're, he's just, and he's able to do topical kind of Twitter esque humor in a way that is like really well done. It's none of it is, none of it is like kind of this cringy reference, like, like free guy sense of humor, you know, even though I love that movie. You know, it's, <laughs> well, yeah. they, the, the, it's, he's able to build the characters through them as well. And they're also, they're just, he's just so fucking funny. It's, this is a hilarious comedy. I mean, the line in which I knew we were in fantastic hands is when, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. was like, we just don't know what this guy can do. We don't know what he's able to come up with. I mean, dog plus AI equals discourse. Who could have seen <laughs> that one coming? And, like, I, I just, like, in that moment breathed, like, a sigh of relief where I was just like, oh, yeah, I just think this guy's funny. I just think what he says is funny. I think the people that he makes fun of are fun to make fun of. Like, <laughs> I, and and on top of all that, like, I just don't know how he continues to write things that gain prescience before they're released and after they're made like he does. But this one in particular is really like, like Kanye West, uh, excuse me, Yay and Elon Musk <laughs> went on their whole fucking bullshit like after this movie was finished and before it came out, like in the three weeks leading up to it, Ye went on, like, an anti-Semitic tirade, much like, um, I, shit, I'm forgetting, who plays the, oh, fuck, what's her, it's like a, it's like oh, a Kate very, Hudson. Kate Hudson's character, yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, fuck, I can't believe I forgot, <laughs> I was gonna say Kate Winslet, um, yeah, Kate Hudson's she, character, it's like, I and, won't tweet another slur, yeah, slur. yeah. <laughs> when, it's, when, um, when Peg is, like, uh, uh, you don't think that sweatshops are where sweatpants are made, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the other night when I saw this again, there was a guy in our row that, like, did not laugh the entire movie. And I was, not that I, like, care what strangers think, but I, like, was even wondering. I'm like, is this guy not going to, like, laugh at all? And then, like, he finally laughed at that line. And I was like, okay, good buddy. I'm glad <laughs> you like it. Um, but it's, <laughs> no, there's so, she's kind of, like, quietly the comedic MVP of this movie. Um, I, there's so many lines in this movie, and this goes to, like, the next part, where it's, like, uh, the, the introduction of Blanc back into the story, um, which, by the way, an all-time character introduction with him playing Among Us in a bathtub. With, with fucking Stephen Sondheim and Angela Lansbury. <laughs> yeah. And I like... would throw in a Natasha Leone and a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> like, Ryan Johnson not only using his cultural cachet to get those two, but also, like, reach beyond the grave, you know? <laughs> like, 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 truly, like, resurrect two fucking legends that we lost that year. Like, Angela yeah. Lansbury, we lost a month ago. I, yeah. I just thought that was the most insane. Like, I guess Ryan Johnson is just goaded at this. Like, I guess he's just a special filmmaker. Yeah, he... 
that entire scene, I was just like in disbelief. I'm like, this is gonna, f- this is fucking amazing. Like, I was like, the gall of L- Ryan Johnson as a man to like introduce your lead character with him playing Among Us in a bathtub, and also expect- make him gay with Hugh Grant. What a fucking <laughs> yeah, which- legend. I what like a fucking gasped. legend. <laughs> I gasped in the theater. I went, oh, like, it was a delightful. Play. Yeah, that was like the end game. Like, yeah! We were all <laughs> we just standing up with um, this. Yeah, I think um, there's so many. Like, I mean, if we're going to talk just like cameos, like, the, the Serena Williams one made me fucking laugh. Like, that was I, weird. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I was. Because it's one that I really did not expect, and I thought it was funny. Um, Ethan Hawke is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. That's the that's... only scene he's into. They they set up. They spend so much time on him. He just he's got one line of dialogue in the whole fucking movie. That's the I... funniest. That's the funniest joke anyone's ever written about a vaccination. Like that's the funniest thing I could. Have... You're, good. you're good. Oh, sorry. The... So is it like a disinfect? You're good. <laughs> like just just the idea like that that's so fun and we also we get the line like there's so many moments where like a character will say something like that or some sort of situation will show up and batista will come in and say the funniest thing in the world like yeah. like i've ever heard in my life such as the duke don't dance with pineapple <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I when he when he asks for an, uh, a spiked kombucha and he says booch me <laughs> incredible i um I I really loved the Google Alerts bit where he's like, um, why do you have a Google Alert from the word movie? He's like, I love movies. <laughs> I'm getting a Goog, man. Doesn't he say that at one point? Does he say like I'm getting a Goog? I remember, but I, I think so. But the thing is, there's so many fucking jokes in this <laughs> yeah, movie. Why do you have a Google Alert for the word movie is such a funny <laughs> one. That's such a funny one. And I, it's such a funny bit, too, because, like, even after he, like, dies, the Google Alerts keep going off. Cause, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. When the when the, when the the plate glass on the Mona Lisa keeps shutting, I thought I was going to have a fucking panic attack. It was it, it's so like the direction good. of that is so good. It, um, I, I will say, before we go past, like, the comedic stuff, the hardest I laughed in the theater, I think, is when he's smoking and then, like, the alarms are going off because of the smoke-free zone, and he, like, fucking tosses the cigar into the pool and, like, runs away very cartoonishly. Yeah. Um, it's, there's just so much. I mean, but I, I was talking to a friend of the pod, Ernest, after uh, the screening, and I said, I think, even aside from, like, the dialogue and the screenplay, it's, or even, like, his just, like, sight gags, like, a lot of it can just be attributed to, like, how fucking funny his accent is. Like, it's <laughs> such a, like, comedic goldmine of jokes. Like, do you know how fucking good um, that is just, like, so fucking, like, it's he's so fucking funny in this movie. I would say, because I think it's hard to pitch, like, awards contention for, like, a sequel performance that doesn't really do anything, quote unquote, new. And I get it, but, like, I'll raise you the, just the idea that he's just that fucking good in this movie. Like, he is just, he is just so goddamn incredible in this movie. I, ever, like, even aside from his jokes, his fits, immaculate. His <laughs> his swag, uncomparable. <laughs> he is on the another... The way he's able to, like, the way he's able to play two angles of the same character at once, like... 
what yeah. you eventually learn it to how he's actually been acting the whole time how he's been sort of playing up the like southern like yokel energy to disarm the uh, disarm edward norton and make him think that he's not quite as intelligent as he or perceptive as he actually is like all that stuff is so smart sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there Oh no, you're good. Yeah, it's it it really is like in that again. It just it goes to show like it and it really feels like a very joint effort between the two of them. Like when it comes to everything about his character was very subverted in the first movie, and it just doubles down on that here. And that can be attributed to both like the way his performance like surprises you as an audience member, but also like how you know on the other hand ryan johnson's screenplay obviously surprises you at every turn both in terms of like story structure uh characters everything it just surprises you at every turn and truly it's really an amazing feat and again i this is why i asked the second viewing question earlier because upon second viewing it's really amazing how much of it is just in plain sight the entire time and how it can i mean obviously it plays differently on the second time of course it does but like it's like it's truly like you feel like a fucking idiot on a second viewing like you feel like so like me and joey say this so often on the pod when we're talking about movies that we love but it's almost like disheartening because you know you're never going to make something this good because <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's so fucking good he's so like, good at what he does where does ryan johnson get the fucking time to think yeah. of this stuff like where does he find the time in the day to be like oh if i if I come up with a hilarious joke about Jeremy, like, first of all, okay, if I put throughout the film several references to celebrity vanity projects, such as, like, consumer products that celebrities are endorsing, like, I can get a few easy jokes off at, like, Jared Leto's expense, which is, like, gonna gonna basically serve, like, my kind of, like, making fun of, like, you know, department store counterculturalism but like also like use that to in, to put into the script jeremy renner hot sauce <laughs> which will then be used to save my favorite character from an almost certain demise later in the film like you're, you're incredible <laughs> i can't believe you, like he's able to pull that kind of shit off it should yeah. be too like it almost i kind of can't believe how fucking cheeky he is in this movie with how much crap he gets for how cheeky he's been in the past where I'm like, Ryan, Oh my God, the haters are going to be flaming you for this one, but I'm going to like, I'll thump for this all day long. Like for real, this movie's goaded. Like, I can't believe he actually pulled this shit off. Mm -hmm. It, yeah, it, it really feels like almost like a spinning plate trick of like a movie because I think, um, Okay, so okay, so the first movie is very much held together by like the family dynamic, and a lot of that's a very. I, I mean, I don't want to undermine what, how immaculate that screenplay is, and how great he is at like weaving those characters in and out and like fleshing it all out. It's it's a hard feat. I could never fucking do it. I'm not trying to under overstate that, but I, I I would love to talk to the guy one day because I can only. This is just very broadly me a fucking idiot saying this, but it does seem even harder to do that with like a group of friends because like the family, like they're all together in the one location, like, but this is like, you have to like write so many like reasons for these things. Right. Cause a lot of the last movie can be attributed to their family. They're there, you know, a family member died, 
But a lot of this is like there's so many complex layers. That is ultimately the point of the movie of like the hold that Miles has on these characters. But like the like the links he goes to to like very like under the surface, like weave that in to the narrative and like very like he kind of spoon feeds it to you. But you don't realize it's the fucking point of the movie until the very like third act of the movie. And it's such a brilliant like act of like just pure brilliance in writing that I think it, it kind of frustrates me that like he's just this goddamn mm-hmm. good. Like it, it's really so incredible what he does with the characters and the themes in this movie. And I, I can't remember Tyler because we, we talked for a bit before we started recording. Uh, so I can't remember if you've already said it on the pod or if it was before we recorded. But oh my God, what a timely movie too. Like what a yeah. fucking um like i think i said that i think i said this when we were recording we're all high it's fine uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean yeah i think so well because of kanye because of yay and we got elon musk well right, i mean we can't right. talk about this movie without talking about elon musk like this movie is a this is like this is a movie if knives out is about the sort of like you know like fucking calcified rot of like old money in america acting entitled towards everything that it can get its hands on this is like, this is new money. This is like what, uh, you know, I saw David Sims, the critic of the Atlantic said, it's like Benoit Blanc meets new money is his letterbox review. And that's basically what it is. It's him meeting, you know, like it's him fucking meeting Elon Musk and Andrew Tate and free thinkers of it, uh, and like Joe Rogan and like all these people who basically like, you know, coasted enough on, like, general likability for a while and then eventually found one niche that they could exploit for the rest of their lives and they could, like, fall in line with this megalomaniac billionaire character who, for whatever reason, is completely charmless, talentless, and brainless, but everyone has decided is, like, the next guy. And that's how these people, like, rise to power. Like, it's brilliant. It's It's... Because it's yeah. so obvious, like the moment of this movie that is like revealing what the grand mystery is, it's that Edward Norton is a hack. He's lazy. He's boring. Like he's not yeah. fun to be around. He's dumb as a box of like rocks. And he sucks. Like he, he doesn't he does not have any ideas. He takes every idea that he has. Uh, and that's all these guys are. That's all these billionaires are. That's all these Silicon Valley dudes are. All these influencers are. Like, it's... Ryan Johnson has these guys fucking pinned. Like, to, dead to rights, basically, from moment yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you nailed it on the head. Like, and, and, you know, that just goes to, like, the, the title of the movie, Glass Onion. Like, and, like, you know, so how much of, like, fucking, like, Twitter discourse is, like, built in on, like, fucking dweebs, like, trying to, like, defend these guys. Like, guys yeah. like this that are, like, you oh, don't no, understand. they're actually brilliant. You don't get it. There's so yeah. many layers that you don't get. Yeah, and it's, like, and I love the idea of this movie is just being, like, no, they suck. Like, they're just bad people. Like, it sometimes... You know, like, we do get... They, they have a lot of layers, but they're also clear. We can see right through them. Like, yes. they complicate themselves for idiots to yeah. think that they're complex. The they're thing not. Is, there is a lot of nuance in life. There are a lot of people that you will meet in the world are very gray. Like they're not, everything is black or white. A lot of things are gray in life, right? These are all very true statements. And I think that is something Ryan Johnson agrees with, but I think something that we all universally need to come up like to terms with is that these figureheads like Elon Musk, like these voices like Joe Rogan 
like these fucking meatheads that are like fucking trillionaires at this point. Andrew like, Tate looms large Andrew Tate, over this movie too. Absolutely. Like the sort I, of misogynistic like, like that's basically who Batista's playing. Sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that goes to like how timeless it is. Like, because I feel like this movie is already timeless in the way that like he definitely like wrote and shot this movie before Andrew Tate. I mean, obviously Andrew Tate's like been around. I didn't hear his name until like late this year. No, yeah, uh, it's been a relatively within the past few months. Like, right, he's really like, become an issue. Exactly. So like I think. And, you know, you could even, like, talk about, like, Alex Jones, like, all these people. Like, th- this movie is very much, and it goes for both sides, too. You know, it's a movie about how, you know, quote-unquote progressive people that can even be performative sometimes. Like, it, it, he doesn't, it's never, like, an easy answer. Even, even when it's an easy answer, he doesn't give the audience satisfaction of making it an easy road to get to said answer. He what? shows that it's yeah. a clear thing to see. You can see through these people from the get-go. And he almost makes you as an audience member feel like an idiot for thinking anything else the entire time. So it's funny because like you could you could very easily in a lesser filmmaker find an avenue to like make a lesser, easier, more blatant and just like less interesting sequel there. But he goes the extra mile to like double down on the craft and the intricacies of the screenplay and the character dynamics. And then he has the gall. And by gall, I mean the fucking balls to fucking do this. <laughs> he kind of pulls the rug out under you and says, um, it was the it was the guy that you thought it was all the whole time. And it's not out of an act out of sheer brilliance. It's pure stupidity. It's a guy this is a guy who clearly just could have gotten away with it based off privilege, money, fame, and just overall like just like social like a grab on people like he has like all this baggage all this like accompanying stuff he has so much leverage when it comes to these people that are on the island and the way the movie like intertwines that throughout like you see the different holds he has on individuals is insane like it's so like complex and like and it but it all feels so real too like it feels like very real like this guy, he would have his pockets in with like politicians, a news source, like he would have it in with all these people. Like it's so like true to like what these figureheads in the real life are. Like they just like monopolize so many avenues of life in media and politics and culture that I love the way that every character in this movie represents some facet of like culture nowadays that it, and yet they still remain actual characters. They're not just there to signify something. That's what they, they do, but it's not just the purpose they serve. It's both. They signal this thing, but they are also fully fledged characters that you believe are real people. And that's how, you know, you have a good writer. It's like, it's a guy that just knows what the fuck he's doing. Basically is what I'm trying to say. He knows from the moment this movie starts, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, I mean, um, there's, there's like, a real sadness to Batista's character in this movie that I think is, like, transfixing. Like, yeah. I, I think it's, it serves what you're saying, that it's, like, he, he he's such a good writer in that he doesn't just let them be his tool, like, to uh, the point that he's trying to make in the story. Like, 
there really is like there are moments where you're like looking into Edward Norton's eyes or whatever and you're like I really want to believe you like I, I really want to believe that you mean what you're saying right now and you're making it very difficult with your actions but like you do still seem like the type of person I would want to relate to and like I, I feel like a similar thing with Batiste is achieved where like there are just certain moments where you see him and you're like you know, you don't have to be doing this, right? Like, you don't have yeah. to be holding yourself to this machoistic standard. Or, like, the same thing with Leslie Odom Jr. and, like, this Jessica Henwood, all the characters, like, uh, Kate Hudson, all of them, there are, like, moments where you see, like, fleeting glimpses in their eyes of, like, oh, you don't want to be here. You don't want to be doing this right now. And there's no reason you should be. You just feel like you have to. Yeah, yeah, and, the, you know, that's what makes, like, the characters, like, Whiskey and Peg so interesting, mm. because those are characters that are um very much there for, like, uh, what do you call it? They're kind of there to, like, they're just kind of there because they're, like, financially, like, obligated to be. They're not, at, like, at the same level of, like, wealth as the other characters, and, you know, like, right. just... Whiskey's kind of was, there to play multiple angles. Yeah. And Whiskey's there to sleep one line with... funny where... Sorry, what well, was it? Whiskey starts oh, no, with gonna... Edward Norton. Oh my God, we're, we're out of sync. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Edward, yeah, she starts it with Edward Norton. And that's, um, but then it's even, you know, it's revealed later that Dave Batista kind of like set that up. Like he wanted right, her to right. do that. And that's what I'm saying. Like it's, you think that's a reveal. And then he later reveals mm-hmm. like, no, he's like, he's like, yeah, that is the case. But Dave Batista asked her to do that. And then, but she mm-hmm. knows that Deep Batista, like, is then even in that moment, you think, oh, she's just like a dumb blonde. Like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's just very complicit. And then later she reveals when she's talking to Andy, like, oh, no, like, I know what I'm doing. I know he's taking advantage of me, but I want a future. And I think I see how morally bankrupt this is, but I have no other avenue to go down right now. Like, it's so, like, that could have been, like, any lesser director or writer this is what I'm just saying. Like, they could have easily, like, made a character like Whiskey. Like, a character that's just there for laughs and to, like, laugh at. And he, like, gives her, like, a solid story, you know? Yeah. Like, like imagine Zack Snyder's Whiskey. Yeah, it probably would probably be <laughs> Oh, God, am I going to get you guys, like, fucking bombed by the Snyder fans for that one? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Zack no, we're, Snyder's uh, Whiskey. We're friendly with the Zack Snyder community. I yeah don't don't listen to my Zack Snyder uh, Justice League review if you uh, if you're a hater because I, I I was pretty positive on it but I like that I like that movie it was good it was yeah good. it is good um uh, Joey I want to hear from you what who would you say is the standout of the supporting cast the standout they're all really great I I really it's a true I, I love to that it is a true ensemble um mm-hmm. I think uh, probably Janelle Monae is probably the best in the movie uh but she's kind of the only nice one uh but they're all all of them have a a really kind of uh, interesting stuff to do in the movie and i love the point that there is you can't each character has a moment where you're like you kind of do that you know that they're some level on some level they do know that this is bullshit like on and it's 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 I mean, the kind of the point, he does a great job with it in the sense that it is kind of all, uh, down to the title. He's telling you what the movie is, but you're kind of in the same way that the characters are intoxicated with kind of influence and power. 
of Edward Norton's character, um, you kind of are taken on on the ride of the movie. And even though it's like it's right, you knew from the beginning that there was going to be like this. And the same way you can see right in the center of the glass onion, and it's and now it, it makes you feel stupid. You know, you feel like a dumbass. So, but he's yeah. such a, and I, I love too that it's. It's so much of it is 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 him, you know. It is kind of that he is this really talented filmmaker, but it's got so much kind of personality to it, and it, every frame of it, you can tell that he made this movie, and it's it's a very kind of and it's about so much, but it's also kind of at its core just a fun whodunit, you know what I mean? It seems it's got there's so much complexity to it if you start to look, and then it's just oh, but at the end of the day, it's a murder mystery. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, that goes to the title, Glass Onion. You know, it's something that's seemingly complex upon looking at it. And then after a while, you can see right through it. The center was in pure sight all along, you know. It's something, and that's just, it's so brilliant. Like, the title is, the title of this movie is a literal giveaway. (laughs) Like, and like, and you don't know that going in. You don't know what the fuck a glass onion is. I think one of the best uses of like writing in this movie is um the way that like edward norton says things incorrectly uh, and the way you don't really notice that the first time you clock it and, but you're like i i'll give this guy the benefit of the doubt i get like in the moment you're like yeah what it doesn't matter that much it's so funny and then like when they cut to it at the end it's like the funniest thing and i was trying really hard in the theater the second time not to laugh every time I noticed it <laughs> and cause I didn't want to like spoil it for everyone else. But I was like, I was like, like giggling like a little schoolgirl in the back. Cause it's like so fucking funny. That's the um, infraction point. It's <laughs> I mean, Norton is like a total delight in this movie. Oh my God. He's what a, so what a fun turn from Norton. Like, like his best work in years. And that isn't to disparage the work he's done in the past years. I just think he seems like he, he seems like so alive in this with like with, I imagine just working with Ryan Johnson is an incredibly fun experience. That's like the vibe I get from this movie is that everyone's just having the time of their lives with Ryan Johnson. Yeah, no, he he's truly like having a blast. And to the point of a movie, he clearly didn't have a good time, you know? So like he, it's kind of nice to see him just have fun. Like I can't, I, I really can't tell you. I mean, Sausage Party was a voice performance, even though he did kind of have fun in that movie. Um, so I can't really tell you the last time I think he had fun and this is just like, what well, does it even stop at fun? Like, obviously he's Edward Norton. He's a great actor. So he gives like nuance here. There's like genuine nuance, but he's just like, you're right, Tyler. He's like a delight. Like he's mm-hmm. so funny. He's so naturally charismatic. It's so um, fun to watch I, him go from like, you know, like greedily rubbing his hands together and like screwing everyone over to watching that eventually crumble to like the embarrassment the devastation of the ending like it's it is so truly like wonderful to watch him like reduced down to like a little shriveling ball of tears like after being such an asshole like and he knows it too like i think edward norton is aware that he's like what will feel the best is to just completely see the persona crumble like to see like i need to be like a a a mess by the end of this thing the the yeah. shot of him watching the Mona Lisa burn in particular is like mm-hmm. just so embarrassing. Like it, it's it, it truly is embarrassing. It, it it really is because it's even something that he doesn't think can be taken away from him. He he thinks he can put like the most elaborate 
structural like or like security system to protect it but like and i mean like, it just what an like, elon musk thing that he would put in a, a way to like fail safe that like he or, or to overwrite yeah. that he puts in like a security override because that's just so fucking baller and alpha of him to do over over the sake of like you know security for the piece and then it ends yeah. up burning it down like that's the classic elon musk flamethrowers are cool yeah like <laughs> I'm gonna mine lithium batteries using my apartheid emeralds, like all that shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the brilliant thing about the movie is that, like, literally everything that Miles, like, the entire downfall of Miles is like almost literally self-inflicted by his own stupidity, because like he would not be in the position of it burning if he didn't fucking build a glass like room uh, that's fully flammable, like. He wouldn't right. have like the fucking uh, the clear power source that's yes, flammable. We haven't, we haven't discussed that yet. I think that is one of Johnson's most brilliant ideas is like, well, one of the things that's trickiest about Elon Musk is that he is trying to make electric cars more accessible, which is like kind of a based and good thing. But is it like actually like look at how he's doing it or why he's doing it? Could that possibly... Yeah present an ulterior motive and like the energy source is that a good thing yeah absolutely it's like energy source made out of like <laughs> ocean water like that's great but it's also flammable it will blow up your house and like the senators are gonna lie to get it in there like you know it, it's it's that perfect like skewering of like yeah this guy see he knows how to make it look like he's doing it for the right reasons but he isn't ever at any point mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, that's really what's so, like, I mean, obviously the movie's timely, and that is, like, one of the most, like, brilliant, like, conventions of it. It's so, like, the way his character is written and, like, all those, like, little downfalls of his character are so brilliant because he's also, like, like one of those characters that he does, he truly does not think he can lose. Like, he he's one of those guys that is so profoundly convinced that no matter what happens, like he like literally burns the napkin in front of like the detective. Like, like he knows, like all he sees Blanc as is like this detective is this nuisance and he just burns it in front of him. He thinks like, Oh, I don't care. Like I can just do this because I can like literally have a room of people seeing me do this and I can have the monopoly over them. And yet he, he has that much ego and like power. And yet he, his downfall at the end of the day is still something that he created. It's literally just pure narcissism and uh, being a like a greedy capitalist. He is just so like he's this guy who really pretends like he's better than because he like lives on a remote island and like you know he doesn't have like a phone as a th- that's supposed to like mean something to any capacity, but. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's, like, a very funny gag. Like, he doesn't have a phone, but he has, like, a fax machine. Like, just, like, very funny, like, little underrated gags. Um, but The fax machine know. does him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? It literally gets him in. And his lack it, of phone gets him in. Yeah, it, it, everything. You know, because he would have, um, you know, that's uh, the reason that uh, Duke... <laughs> it's so funny that even the Google alerts come back you know, to help with, with Duke finding out that, um, that Helen had died. Ryan Johnson, um, don't leave any loose threads. That's kind of, it's, it's this thing. He just, he ends, you know, you, you just know, 
it's such a beautiful thing to sit in a movie and know that like you're never being shown something that isn't going to mean something like not so, that everything needs to come back but everything matters in a yes. ryan johnson script absolutely and I, I will say so one thing going into it because I, I didn't i didn't, i really didn't have a lot of this like I, I i really knew nothing going in especially in retrospect um i had seen one teaser for this movie like the very first one they put out and i had seen nothing else from this movie like i had seen the bare minimum like that one teaser that ends with like with him like them all staring at him on the boat and that's it that's all i had seen so i basically watched this movie blind which was delightful by the way um so I, the one thing I, so like after Janelle Monet's character, uh, Andy, when she, or actually before you know it's Andy, when you think it's Helen, when she dies and then it cuts back and explains like the whole, you know, the twin sister thing. I, so I did not, all I knew is that I saw rave reviews for Janelle Monet's character. So when she kept, you know, in the very first act of the movie, she's very quiet and reserved. And you're kind of wondering, like, when is this character going to pop off? Because there's no way you get Janelle Monet to just, like, be a very, like, kind of reserved character. She's just, she's too good of an actress to just, like, reserve her for that. And you know Ryan Johnson's too good of a filmmaker, you know? Like, there's just too many angles right. there where that doesn't make sense. So, like, I, I didn't, I didn't have it spoiled for me, but I kind of knew. I was like, there's no way she's dead. And there's no way this is what it seems to be. And I almost, like, tricked myself. Like, she has to be the killer, because, like, why would the reviews be, like pointing her out you know like this and when that reveal happens i won't lie when i saw that it was a twin sister trope or just like a twin trope i was getting worried i'm like oh that's tricky to pull off because like that's a twin trope Mm. is like that's heavily regarded in writing as like a very like lazy thread um but i'll be damned if like ryan johnson doesn't like make a fucking lazy trope like his bitch like he fully does it like he just completely he 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 does wonders and also a, a lot of it's attributed to Janelle Monet. like i think mm-hmm. a lot of that uh he just really nails uh he, like he nails the writing of the character and he he nails like making the two sisters distinct and like making that you know angle of the mystery compelling but she really fucking like knocks it out of the park with her performance she is immaculate in this movie she is so goddamn compelling uh every that scene speaks... where sorry no go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say that speaks to the the kind of the twin trope uh being so obvious that kind of speaks to the that kind of the whole the kind of the it's it's right there it's like a very kind of cliche yeah. like it was it's a what you think it's going to be uh, from the get you know right no absolutely yeah it it, it really is like it's something Again, I really cannot believe they made it work, but like it, it, it just works. It's something. I don't know. I'm still in disbelief that it's as good as it is. Like it's so charming. Yeah. I think it's not a. I don't think it's a a knives out movie really. If the mid movie rug pull doesn't make you think for at least a few minutes, like oh, Ryan, you you fool, you fucked the whole thing up. Like what have you done? Like (laughs) I remember feeling the same thing when the E gives away that Darmas knows the whole thing in the first one. And I was like, oh, my God, Ryan, you idiot, you fool. What have you done? You've ruined your movie. And then, like, five minutes later, I I have just egg all over my face. I'm eating crow for, like, an hour straight afterwards. 
and going like, no, no, you were smarter than I was. Like, it, it's so, yeah. it's so, I don't even know why. I mean, the same exact fucking thing. It's what he does in every single movie. It's why he's one of the greatest filmmakers working right now is he'll toss the fucking lightsaber. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but he, will, he will make the choice that makes you go, oh my God, do I like that? Like, like, like genuinely ask yourself in like a shaking way. Like, do I like that? <laughs> And then he spends two hours showing you that, like, it's okay to have whatever response you're going to have to it. But just, like, hear me out. Like, just, like, let's just <laughs> go on the full journey. No, absolutely. Like, he, and, yeah, I mean, we, like I said before, we're very pro Ryan Johnson on the pod. And I, I mean, I, I love Looper. I, like, I love Lost Jedi. I love Knives Out. I think, uh, what am I missing? Brick. Brick's great. Brothers Bloom uh, is a slap and a half. That that's cool. one I have not seen. Oh, that's not my seen. favorite one. That one's so oh, good. You know what? I'll make it a priority this weekend just for you. That one, oh, uh, I'm honored. That one's the most Ryan Johnson. <laughs> that one is him like trying to Ryan Johnson himself into the sun. It's like, <laughs> it is like the, and I mean this with all the love in the world. It's my favorite movie from him. It's like the cutest, twistiest, most like. You won't see this one coming, boys. Like it's like very much that's the energy, but like I love that. I think that's wonderful. I'm I, I know nothing about it, so I'm I'll have to watch it. Perfect. And he blind. directed the greatest episode of television, uh, Fly from Breaking Bad. So incredible episode. He he yes. made like every like him and um I forgot that other director's name. Not Vince Gilligan, obviously, but the uh there's like a third director in the mix that like really fucking makes good episodes of Breaking Bad. Ryan Johnson directed that. He did uh he did the one where Skyler goes into the pool. I know that one. That's an incredible episode. Mm-hmm. And he did, did he do um, face off? No, he didn't. No, he did Ozymandias. So. Oh god, Ozymandias. Yeah, that's like I would Ozymandias genuinely... is the real greatest episode of television, but I love yeah. it so much. Yeah, I was about to say I think amazing. See, I'm the opposite, Joey. I think The Fly is the greatest episode of television, but Ozymandias is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, yeah, he's I amazing. don't know. What's there to say? He's he's incredible. He's incredible, and the fact that like I, I, I don't even know where to rank this among Ryan Johnson movies, like, because it's getting hard, because it's just banger after banger after banger. Yeah, I the point think of this where is I'm better like, than the first one. I'm gonna be. I think Glass Onion is better than Knives Out. I, I think it's see, I think it's cleaner. I think the mystery is like more fun. And I think he just continues to make Blanc like even more wonderful as a protagonist. Like it's yeah. just he's just genuinely just like sharpening his axe. Uh not it to is, say that Knives Out is any less stellar of a film. It's an incredible movie yeah. still. Well it's it's actually kind of funny now that you see like in retrospect the how how similar they are. Because it's really like <laughs> it's funny it's like a woman who is in a situation and she has no one to turn to but a little gay detective and <laughs> who has immaculate fits and a gay detective on- who is either british or southern it's one of the two and you can't tell which <laughs> i think this one makes it pretty hard like it's i mean i southern yeah this 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 oh my god dude like this one i like fucking when he um he says Hollyberry. Like I laughed so <laughs> fucking hard. Um, when and also when he's like, uh, okay, there's two more like laughs that I fuck. I, I'm not sure my best dude like the accent when he's like, um, we him and Jadomana are in the bathroom and she's like chugging the kombucha, 
and he's like he's like no you said you can't drink alcohol and he's and she's like she's like oh that's kombucha like it's nothing and he's like no that's hard kombucha that's like 10 percent alcohol like it's so I, I loved when he went like maybe you want to keep drinking i don't know what you're doing but it's working <laughs> my but the hardest laugh for me like the one that like it just destroyed me because it it hit at the perfect moment. Like that's just why Ryan Johnson is a god. Is um when uh he's like I it's so fucking funny at the end where he's like it's so dumb and then Kate Hudson goes that it's brilliant and then he goes no it's just dumb <laughs> like <laughs> it's so fucking funny i mean this movie... what's crazy it's so crazy that the guy who plays james bond like one of yeah. the most like you have to be you have to be born for this role to play james bond mm-hmm. like benoit blanc is the role he was born to play and that's what's insane is that well, in two funny. movies he's already found it? Like it, it's yeah. just like yeah, give it to me a hundred times. I will take as much of this as you got. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm at the deli and I'm like, just keep going. Like keep yeah. putting slices of that on, please. That's the whole thing with this franchise too. Is it's just like ah, yep, yeah, let's make another one. Like yeah, <laughs> I'll totally see another one of these. Like you just like it. It's just and like I, yes, this is fucking. <laughs> definitely keep making these like <laughs> while i'm while we're on the daniel craig train i will throw my hat in the ring and say he is the best bond so like let's let's, yeah. let's keep it let's keep that's, it 100 like that's crazy i've only seen him in connery i haven't i haven't like taken the deep dive yet i i mean so I, can't I, I, really fully, say. I i will fu- well i've seen all every bond movie um, damn that's yeah you i know same I, here have you Really? Yeah, I, they were the first, uh, like, when I was getting into movies, that was, like, the first, like, thing. I just watched all the James Bond movies. So yeah, I, I mean, well, I will say, I will concede maybe that, like, I, I do notice the trend that, like, whoever the Bond was when you were a kid is probably the Bond that you like the most. Yeah. So, like, I will concede a little bit to that, but I, I am pretty firm in the fact that, like, he's, like, other than, like, um, George Lazenby... And maybe no, I'll say it just like Damn. him and George Lazenby. Damn, we got like, a George Lazenby head in the chat. Damn. Well, dude, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is a fucking amazing movie. Yeah, uh, it's Chris- really good. Christopher, I've Nolan. never heard the Lazenby defense. It's not even a defense. It's like that movie is fucking incredible. Like I, like even Christopher Nolan, like he had. I think he said he owns it on seventy millimeter, and he like he called it the best Bond movie of all time. Um, and I, I'm inclined, well, I don't think it's the best. I think I would say Casino, Skyfall, and, uh, I, I'd even say No Time to Die is better than it, but, um, I, I put it above Goldfinger personally. And Goldfinger is like highly regarded as like the best of like Bond. Man, I was so high when I watched Goldfinger. I don't really remember it. Goldfinger is fucking awesome. Um, but I was, I, I remember there being like people like dropped outside mm-hmm. right like there was yes. like a plane flying overhead and a bunch of people yeah. like got down on the ground the outside an embassy awesome. or something i remember i'm looking up a picture of george lazenby and he's quite handsome yo he literally in golden finger they literally fucking kill that girl and like like paste her in gold like that's how she fucking Uh-oh. dies Uh-oh. like that uh, movie guys, is I, 
What? Have you seen George Lazenby apologizes for quote disgusting interview? Damn, uh, I don't want to. I I have that. not. And Tyler, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't want to know. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> off the presses. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I listen. I I will go on record. I don't condone anything he may or may not have said in said interview. But all I'll no, say he's, is he's British. Did you think he was gonna say nice things about gay people? Like it was never gonna happen. <laughs> all I'll say is. And honestly, the thing about and I promise this is the last. You know what? I'm gonna say, say it. He's innocent. Whatever he said. I don't know what it <laughs> was, but... Well, okay. So I will say I. I then before we go back to Glass Onion, I my on Her Majesty's Secret Service defense is less about his performance as it is just about it's the first Bond movie that's like, it goes beyond just like commercialization and trope, and it tries to make him an actual character. And that's why I, like, respect that movie. It's, like, that movie is, like, tragic. It, like, the same way that like, The Dark Knight is, like, tragic for Batman. I mean, Joe, you've seen it, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the, like, because it's, because everybody, Casino Royale is, like, the kind of the gritty reboot, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and, but it's kind of the Casino Royale of that time, where it is yeah. still kind of this, like, I mean, like, it's, like, him in the snow, so it's this very kind of, uh, not, I don't know. It's like, a, it's a, it's, it's still kind of from that kind of earlier kind of, not goofy. Cause it's not, I, I wouldn't say that movie is a goofy movie, but it's, it's still fun. got like kind of a fun, yeah, a fun yeah. kind of blockbuster feel to it. Uh, and then it does try to give him kind of a character too. So it's like the Casino Royale, if you want kind of a lighter James Bond movie. It's, it's like the most fun James Bond movie, like up until that point. And mm. then it's like fucking devastating. And that's why I love it. It is like, it's so fucking ideal. Like it is like, like I eat that shit up, you know, that's why I love the Daniel Craig movies because that's what all of his movie, other than like quantum of solace. Like, I think all those movies are like perfect because they are like so fun and cool. And then at the end they're like, but like cry, you know, but like, also <laughs> cry. like you should cry. <laughs> All right, moving on from our Bond tangent, mm-hmm. uh, Joey, I mean, you know, to start wrapping it up, do you, any, like, any final, like, talking points or points you want to make about the movie uh, that we haven't discussed already? Um, I just, I, you know, I mean, I mean, I think it's kind of, it's interesting that a lot of the kind of the, the strong points of the movie are kind of there's kind of a similar theme between them where it's just it's all in how he's doing it and it's all in how he's execute it's all in the execution of the film and I he just Orion Johnson is just he's a he's like he makes films that like tickle you I just they're such they're so fun to watch and he's such a he's like a little like he's like the he's like the Wizard of Oz he's like I've got these smoke and mirrors I'm gonna try I'm gonna make you I'm gonna do a fucking little trick on you guys and it's oh it's such a joy to watch and I just think he's such it's like a, a little elf. Exactly. He's a little trickster, too. He's a little like, hee hee hee, like you didn't see that coming. And I love it. For, I love him for that. And yeah, I, man. yeah. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. That's, that's my final thought. <laughs> it, yeah. I guess uh, my final word on it is uh, that it. it... <laughs> Can you repeat? What did the fucking elf say? What did he say? He's like, hee hee hee. yeah man i that's what i took away too that's actually like when the press lady asked for my comic card i I said uh i'm like no you're gonna need like a voice recording for this one because i want the studio to hear it 
<laughs> and, you know, Ryan Johnson did a Q&A at the uh, at the Paris here in, in New York. Uh, and I think uh, it was when the movie premiered. I'm pretty sure he spent most of it saying, like, I really want to elicit in the audience the sense that I am a little elf. And I go, <laughs> and I go, hee hee hee. And I pull the wool over your eyes. Joe, I'm not kidding. Like that is like the top like five funniest things you've ever said on the pod. And I, and the thing is, I don't think you were trying to be funny. Like I think I you were trying to be. No, I was. That's just most of the. That's like Joe came to stay with me and Enrico, and that's most of what our jokes were. We're like, what if like a what if like a couple of sprites came out of the oven or whatever and started started going like and like and like pulling your nose or whatever. Can't just knocking shit over. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you be tight? Wouldn't you be so mad? And that's like it's like when I am mean, mind you, you're getting grilled. Like, wouldn't you be so? Would you kill them? Would you kill those sprites? Hammers. I Much like EP and an elf. Um, <laughs> I saw I saw a tweet today that um someone said about young Sheldon and then the actor that played young Sheldon <laughs> saw the tweet and he just replied, "Oh wow." Uh, <laughs> oh man, young you could make young Sheldon today. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't let you. Yeah, the woke mob wouldn't let you. <laughs> the woke mob wouldn't let you make well, young Sheldon. Uh, They'd be like, "What about old Sheldon?" <laughs> speak. <laughs> We're really coming off so the rails true. here. We're at, it's it's <laughs> 1 a.m. and you can tell we are completely disoriented uh, when it comes because we are laughing at young Sheldon and elf jokes. Well, what if um, old Sheldon showed up? Do you think young Sheldon would would you know shudder at the man he'd eventually become? It's um, just like you know if they pitched young Sheldon out, they would all be like, "What about old Sheldon?" They would have <laughs> the idea. Okay, but consider young Sheldon. Uh, being in uh, a Knives Out movie. We can't keep saying Young Sheldon or the woke mob is going to cancel Sheldon. us before we're, before we're too careful. What about middle-aged Sheldon? has to be in Knives Out 3 as Young Sheldon. Like, it just needs to be the same character. Well, you better get Ryan on the phone because clock's well, ticking on that one. He's not well, going to be Young I, Sheldon forever. What I want to see personally. We got to stop talking about Young Sheldon. I'm losing my mind. I guess I didn't think about the fact that young Sheldon and old Sheldon are really the bookends for the being we know as Sheldon. You know, I like, just that's, see, that's Sheldon problem. I just want to see an interstellar movie about, like, old Sheldon looking at young Sheldon and, like, crying behind the bookshelf and going, no! No! You see Jim Parsons is at the bookshelf and he's going, like, bazinga, bazinga, bazinga. He's, like, hitting it over and over again. Oh my god! I Can we make an edit? Every time, every time he says no in that scene, it says bazinga. I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Young Sheldon in his cellar. Oh my god! <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh no, don't you do it, dude? We Jim Parsons is just like I lost so much time. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I will say to maybe move on from the young Sheldon point. <laughs> that is so I, funny. The him, the interst- him looking through in the monolith at the end, him with a test at the end, being like, no! And you see young Sheldon too. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. 
is so funny. I'm sorry. I need to trademark that before anyone like (laughs) steals my idea. You gotta jump on that, man. That's a big deal. At what point (laughs) does young Sheldon become Sheldon? What's the age? The crossover. You could get all of the Sheldons. You could do like a No Way Home with Sheldon. And then Mad Damon fucking kills him. (laughs) Mad Damon kills Sheldon. No, I think it's it's more like um it's more like uh what is it um Rise of Skywalker like I am all the Jedi I am all the Sheldons. Bazinga is what holds us together instead of love it's Bazinga. Somehow Um, somehow Bazinga returned. Okay, guys, we got it. We got to stop. I can't. (laughs) I'm drawing the line. We got to. I don't know. I think we could do another hour of this. Justice, I, I, no glass. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say though, when it comes to all the potential avenues for like a Knives Out three, the one internet thing that I'm actually it will never happen, obviously. But the one thing that I do want to see is uh the Muppets uh, Knives Out. It's, it's just it's just Blanc with the Muppets and oh that would be sick. That would be great. The, I it think would there's literally... a likelihood Rico pitched this to us, but I think there's a likelihood we get uh, we are on a moving vehicle next time, oh, such as oh, a, a, oh, a boat or a train. God. Yeah, because it would it would he loves Agatha Christie and like yeah, yeah it, I feel like it would be time. It, it, it's about time to brush that one off. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know what, what? Do, you do for the third one? I mean, how do you bullet train, dude? Do bullet what? train? Oh uh, yeah, of course, with him. That meringue pie. Uh, my brother, it, during uh, during Glass Onion, turned to me and said, "Like, how did he subvert the murder mystery a second time? Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like there should only be one way to do it, and he did it a second way. So, like, I, I don't know how he's gonna do it a third time, but I guess he's gonna. You know, like I'm I'm smart enough to know to trust this guy at this point. Yeah, I think um. That's the thing, because, like, I don't even... I think Rico is really onto something with, like, the moving vehicle. Like, I think it has to be, like, either on, like, a plane... And when I said bullet train, I wasn't trying to, like, get a laugh about the movie. Like, I genuinely think, like, a full-length murder mystery on a bullet train would be awesome. Or, how about this, a cruise ship? Like... Get a get him on a cruise ship. He he loves to take on vacations, obviously. Get and that's a good excuse to have Hugh Grant in the picture too. You know, mm-hmm. have it like be a, a vacation, like a getaway. Yeah, he's not Make there this one on a romance a or something. Yeah, like exactly. Like have like have a reason to have Hugh Grant primarily in it. Um, but actually, you know what? How about we scratch all this? How about we just like let him do whatever he wants? Because clearly, yeah. he yep. knows what he's doing. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to assume that I know any better than he does whenever he wants to make the movie, whenever he writes the movie, I fully trust that he, uh, he's going to make a fucking banger because uh, this is just as good as the first movie. I'm not ready to say better or worse. I'm not, I'm not here to say any of that because I love both of them equally. It's just my honest truth. Like I, I think they are both immaculate, fantastic, mm-hmm. so fun. I said in my letterbox review and I told the press lady on the way out of the screening, I said, that's the most fun I've had this year. Like that is thoroughly the most entertaining movie I have seen this year. Like I, cause you know, I was second guessing, not really like too much, but I was second guessing my 4.5 on letterbox. I'm like, is it just because I had fun? Like is, is the 0.5 for the fun? 
And then I'm like, yeah, but is that a bad thing? Like, is that a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Like, is it bad to have fun at the movies? And you can do a lot worse is the, is the last point I want to make is like, at the end of the day, it's just a purely uncynical fun movie made by a director who has so much precision and drive. And like, just, he, he just understands the craft. He knows how to make an audience tick. He, he just knows everything. Like he knows, ev- he just knows how to play the audience perfectly. And the truth is we don't deserve Ryan Johnson. He's too good for us. And yet we still get them anyways. We still get the movies. We reap the benefit. He's like our Dark Knight. Like <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like, uh, what do they think of the Dark him. Knight? He's not the, uh, uh, the hero, the hero we deserve, but the one we deserve, or the one we don't deserve him, but we we need him right now, or whatever they say. That's he's our Dark Knight. Is what I'm trying to say. He's. I don't know. He's I've always him. found that line actually a little convoluted. I, I'm gonna be perfect. <laughs> Everyone's always like, "What a beautiful line to end the Dark Knight," and I'm always like. This movie should have ended like 30 minutes ago, right? I'm not crazy, right? <laughs> I I can't get behind that take because we <laughs> I, I I'm a Dark Knight head, but I love the Don't get me wrong. Look, fuck, fuck me, man. I was born in 1999. I love the Dark Knight. Of course I do, but it is one of those ones where it's like that's the movie I watch, and every time I'm like, oh fuck, Two Face, right? Of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, there's always that moment in it. I think I always forget that Joey and most of the guests are a little bit younger than me. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. How much? Uh, what, what year were you born? 97. So not like a huge part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm getting dunked on right now. By you the, tell by me, the this, guy, this guy could have seen Piranha 3D two years before us. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> he always holds it over my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, no. I wake up to text messages from him. I this was the first time I officially like <laughs> met him, like had a conversation with him. But I I wake up from yeah. texts every day saying, saying like, Alexandraja's you know masterful exploration <laughs> of the Parada franchise. Yeah, you the, the, you wouldn't know. You'll know in two years. Well, I just want to. And then he I sends wanna, me several milk bottle emojis. Well, I just want to <laughs> dunk on you guys and. Uh, you know, I just want you to know that I was able to buy an R-rated ticket for men, women, and children when you guys weren't able to. Oh, so what? I... <laughs> Come on. You had to throw that in our face. For men, women, and children. I thought of... I saw Disconnect that very same year. <laughs> I was thinking 2014, and I was like, what's like the le- like the least assuming rated R movie from that year that I could think of? And men, women, and children is where my fucking brain went. Worst um, rated movie from 2014. You mean Whiplash? You can bleep that out. Actually, please bleep that out. I don't want to get doxxed. Wait, what'd you say? I said worst R-rated movie from 2014. You mean are Whiplash? You, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. <laughs> you. I'm You're a, never I'm, coming on the pod again. I just, no, I'm, just <laughs> I'm glad I got that in at the end. Yeah, no, I'm a Chazelle hater. I love First Man Ooh. better than that. That's a that's. A, nah, that's I'm a not a hater. I'm not a hater of anyone. I just, I, I feel like either being our age and going to film school and wanting to be a filmmaker, you either had to, like, you either had to swear that movie is religion or you had to not like it that much. Like, I wasn't allowed to just, 
be like, it's fine. You know what I mean? You're, just, you're still not allowed to. Not on my platform. <laughs> I, I, I'm not on. Yeah, you're right. Am I violating TOS right now? No, you're just pissing me off. No, I'm just kidding. I, I <laughs> no, Whiplash is like one of my favorite movies of all time. So it hurts. Uh, it's a little okay. Bit, but... You can shit on my favorite movies all you want. I mean, like I unironically love the Matrix sequels more than the first one. I think the first one's like good, but the hey, sequels are like really where it's at. As a Jessica Henwick supporter, um, I love the Matrix. Uh, wow. I, I love every Matrix movie, so I'm I'm right there with you. Okay, cool. Okay, well that's good. Um, well, I feel I'm trying. I want to give you at least one. I feel bad that I shit on Whiplash. Let me pull up my faves here. No, it's okay. It's you know what? How about this? It's I will I'll accept the Whiplash hate if. How about this? Actually, how about this? Just tell me a final thought about glass onion that okay. encapsulates the episode, like wrap it up in a bow for me. Oh, I want wow. all you right, all right. to do my job for me. I want Legit. you to do it. Well, you know, it's rare that a film like glass onion honestly comes along. Like it's, it truly is rare that you get a film from a filmmaker as established and confident as this. And also, like, with as superb of, like, a cast and creative team behind it. And it really is just sort of, like, the perfect confluence of elements to make, like, kind of this just, like, wonderful movie that, like, is, like, a little Christmas present. Like, at the end of the year for all of us that we get, like, another Knives Out. Uh, I want a hundred more. I think we all agree there. Like, that they just kind of as many as ryan johnson wants to make is as many as i want to see uh and yeah netflix should really consider releasing it wide uh for the holiday season because i know actually a good amount of people who really wanted to see it and didn't have a chance to in that final week um yeah i you know, I, 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 I i will say that comment that they made about like uh what did they say they were like Oh, we're not trying to get into theatrical. Like, this is just a, a promotion for our service. Like, fuck off. Like, literally, fuck all Fucking the way idiot. off. Like, like I, I'm sorry that a hundred million dollars is not your, not what you're looking for. I guess. Yeah, they they Big just man literally over there. I'm <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Like, for the life of them, they do not want to be out of debt. Like, they just want to be in debt forever. And it's whatever i'm not like a, i'm not in that bag i'm not a millionaire and this movie um ironically made me want to not be one so i <laughs> yeah like you would think after producing also like the movies that they made this year they would be like oh we should really probably release the one that people actually want to see you know what you I mean? would think, they're like oh but... we'll put blonde in theaters for longer than we'll put fucking glass onion in theaters that makes sense all, all I'll say about this, and this is probably like my final pot, or my, my final thought, is that I think at the end of the day, I think this one opened up. It seems like they have a deal with Regal right now. Okay. Um, because our local Regal, uh, me and Joey's, they, ever since they signed this deal, they not only played this, but they played Bardo, Pinocchio, and I think they're playing White Noise next week. Oh, so shit. I will say, even if it's like a one week run, Although Bardo played for two weeks in my Regal, so I think things are looking up. That's very funny to me. Bardo played longer in my Regal than Glass Onion did. Um, That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. Um, and I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed for that because I would not, I did not get to see it the first week, and I like fucking screamed in excitement when they extended it a week. 
Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I yeah, they. Fun. I will say it. It's very nice that we're getting all these movies, even if it's for a one week run. At this point, I've been, I've been like screaming to the clouds that we need Netflix movies and like the major chains. And I'm glad that like mm-hmm. it seemingly is happening. Um, so well, I drove. I had to drive to. Uh, I want. I did, I drove to Tampa to see Marriage Story in a theater, and then I drove to Melbourne, Florida, to see Mank in a theater. Uh, so it used to be they kind of went to these kind of specialty art houses, but now the, it, them being in the major changes is, is is cool as well. Yeah, even if it's for a week, you know, it's it's like a one. It's a one like step battle at a time. You know, you got to take what you can get. Um, but I think that's just the power of Ryan Johnson, man. He he made a really fucking great movie here. I think it's the maybe one of the most worthy sequels I've ever seen. Like it's just so absolutely on par, just as good as the original in every way. Uh, movies that I've seen in quite some time. Like in a in my lifetime, you know, we very much grew up in the era of like sequel after sequel after sequel after reboot. And like a lot of them are like diminishing returns. So it's just really nice to see a movie. Um, you know, first of all, to see like the same filmmaker return and just deliver another banger simply. It's, it's so, kind of nice to see a sequel with like some stylistic differentiation from the last one. Like absolutely. a sequel take on a different, cause like, I don't know, you say like we grew up in sequels and it's like, yeah, that's kind of how it was. But now we've gotten used to sequels that it's like they need to feel like they're they could be a part of the same movie almost. Yeah. And like every movie needs to feel like that to connect into a universe. It's like now everything's kind of a sequel to everything. Like all the big movies like technically are like the 26th sequel to the other. But like somehow we live in a world where like the Spider-Man movies are technically a sequel to Black Panther. Like, you know, like doesn't really <laughs> make sense. Uh, so like to see a movie like where it's like, what if Knives Out like took place in like a sunny resort, like had like summer vacation vibes and it was about like yeah. new money billionaires. I'm like, yeah, great. It's a different take, but same character. Awesome. Give it to me. Yeah, I mean, aesthetically, it, it, it's different than the first, and I only assume the third one will be different, too. And you know what? This is why I welcome Ryan Johns as my newfound lord and savior. It, it's just, it's delightful. Um, Say a few and Hail Marys to him every night. He's, he, I'm, like, praying to my shrine as we speak. <laughs> um, but... I think on that note, I think, I mean, honestly, we've, we, we've talked for well over an hour. Um, and, you know, Tyler made a good point that I don't think this isn't like really a movie that you can like dice. I mean, you can dissect it, but there is like, there's not a lot of fun in that. A lot of it is just like experiencing it and then talking about your scattered thoughts after. And that's kind of what the spot is. It's just friends talking about how fucking cool this movie is it's just a cool movie yeah, that left me, it, it just left me smiling it, it, it's just a very i'm so glad this exists kind of movie um so uh tyler thank you so much for coming on the pod it, it was it's this is one of the many attempts i think we've had to get you on the pod so it's, I, it's nice that all of our schedules aligned for this great movie I could not have been happier to uh, to have you know been on this episode. This was a this was a joy. This was an honor. Thank you so much for having me on. This is a pleasure. And I don't know if there's anything you want to plug. Uh, 
at all, but if you if you want to. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want to follow me on anything, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TJMNUT, N-U-T. Uh, that's my initials and then the word nut. Uh, we've got uh, my my letterbox is the same thing. Uh, if you want to hire me, go to TMC Film uh, and hire me, please. And uh, yeah, I, when's this episode dropping? Uh, I'm going to like probably post it tonight. So. Oh, word. Okay, awesome. Um, well, stay tuned on those social medias for how you can watch board games, which is uh, a movie that I made with a good amount of friends of mine from about two years ago. It is also a murder mystery. So if you liked this movie, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't mean to put anyone else uh, who worked on the movie with me down, but I'm not nearly the director or writer that Ryan Johnson is. So it's not quite uh, as good of a movie, I don't think, but uh, I'm very proud of it. I think I'm excited for people to see it. Uh, It's very good. I've seen the film. Joe has seen the film. He logged it on Letterboxd. Yeah, I got it. I uh I've got that law. I feel I I wear it on my sleeve. I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I make sure if, you know a log where you can you log a movie and it's just a it's you and a select group of individuals. You know, you're like, I'm better than everyone else. You know. Thank you. You 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 logging it is when I felt like it was like a real movie because like <laughs> it was the same person I saw like log Crimes of the Future a few months early. You know, like you you had like. Damn. Uh, but also, you know, uh, top 10 is, uh, the podcast that I'm on, uh, follow us at top 10 pod and, uh, we should be posting episodes again now because we weren't for about four months there. That's, uh, I had a lot of plugs. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. We, uh, I, we want to hear it. And I, like I said, buddy, we really, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it was a pleasure. Um, but speaking of things that were not a pleasure, uh, Joey, uh, do you want to, do you want to, what do you want to plug? Um, uh, you can, um, you can, hey, you're wasting me. time, buddy. How about you, <laughs> how about you, hurry up? you can follow me at Joseph underscore Salony on most platforms. And, uh, yeah, I don't really got anything else going on right now. So I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, you can follow me. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Adam underscore, if not Sandler. Um, and my other podcast, Zillennial Canon, uh, where we are firmly doing Chris, Chris month, I guess is what you want to call it. Uh, we are going through the slop of Christmas movies at the moment. Uh, Christmas with the cranks was, uh, not it, uh, so to speak, but, um, <laughs> not it. I, it was not it, uh, but next week. Um, oh God, I guess I can plug it now. Joey will be on next week for uh, a little ditty called Fred Claus. Oh, so, um, man, why are you that'll be the f- bad ones. Oh well, I mean, hey, we haven't, I haven't rewatched it yet, so maybe I'll feel. I maybe it's a masterpiece. I don't know. Um, but yeah, you know, some would say it is. I mean, does it? Kevin Spacey is the villain of that film. Yeah, dude, he tries to cancel Christmas, dude. You know what? And guess if what? You... It came back to him just a few, just a, a few years later. That shit came back and canceled him. 
Mm-hmm. In 2007, he tried to cancel Christmas. In 2016, <laughs> it canceled him. I, <laughs> anyways, that was crazy. when Christmas, when Father Christmas came out and, and against Kevin, it worked, I, I'm not gonna finish this joke. <laughs> <laughs> what I, but I will say, if you want to get in your Christmas spirit, listen to the pod next week. Uh, it's it's a it's gonna be a fun one. We haven't recorded it yet, but uh, it'll be fun to get in to the Christmas spirit with Joey on the pod. Mm-hmm. It's always a good time. Um, but uh, yeah, until next time, gamers, keep gaming, uh, keep chugging along, and keep uh, keep not being a tech bro millionaire like Elon Musk. Uh, be be a good person like Blanc. All right. Keep drinking kombucha. Keep solving little mysteries and uh, stay blessed. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.